back to episode nine of Spellstorm Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. Hey, Dan. How's it going today? Uh, doing pretty well. It's sunny, but a little windy. Hey, I'll take that sun. Right. <laughs> hey, today we're excited uh, to bring this episode to you. Our main topic today is talking about choosing what to play. And so we're, uh, we're pretty excited to, to cover this topic. There are so many factors to think about uh, when choosing what game to play. And then even within a game, choosing, you know, what factions or armies or whatever to play while you're playing the game. So, hey, I want to start off with a little bit of controversy first. So this is episode nine. And uh, some of you who listened to episode eight uh, discovered that we had different intro music for that for that episode. So and uh, we got some really good feedback from our listeners. And. And one of the feedback was that the um, that the the intro music seemed a little scary because we included uh, some some thunder. Yeah. But I get it. I understand the the previous music we've been using has been um, kind of light and very entertaining and and really just really good to listen to. And that sort of goes with the tone of the podcast. And so I want to say thank you to everyone who who wrote in and let us know um, what your what you thought about the music. I went back to the composer, who happens to be my son, who's a music major in college, and I told him that we need some cheery music to go with our podcast. One of the things I'd like to have is original music, yeah. and the music we're currently using is, is just canned music, and, and anybody can find it online and use it. And, and I have a nightmare that everyone's going to be using our music, and then they're going to disassociate the music with our podcast. Um, anyway... Uh, so I went back to uh, to Bryce and I, I asked him if he could compose a couple of different options and then what I'd like to do is post those options online and have our listeners vote for the new intro music. What do you think about that plan? Yeah, you know, it's a great uh, give it to the people, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. I mean, it doesn't bother me either way. I mean, my daughter likes dancing to the, you know, our previous one as well, but I mean, yeah. I didn't find the other one to be too scary, but I mean, I get it. it crashes in maybe hits a little bit you know harder than sure what you're expecting sure but well and we're not one of those like hardcore podcasts yeah and so um we're ready to more conversational and more you know more inspiring which is kind of the, the realm we want to occupy so um but yeah laura like hums it and <laughs> why she's driving down the road and different things like that so well i had people guess it was you doing the uh, intro music before oh <laughs> like, like, like i was singing yeah. it oh that's that's funny yeah no i'm, I'm not that good of a singer yeah. <laughs> I was in choir in high school. There you go. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so there's a little controversy, and we're going to settle that controversy online. Uh, it just may take a little bit um, because I know Bryce is uh, pretty busy with classes and uh, and with the choir performances and things like that. So, well, you have some good news, uh, some little show and tell to tell about without showing. Yeah, I mean, I can try to do a video a little bit later, which I plan to, and uh, probably see in some of our future. Um, bat reps and talk about a little bit but ended up picking up some measuring sticks finally been using a tape measure now for the last year plus welcome to the club right I know so it's kind of nice actually just like on Etsy there warped mind um, games just a guy I think kind of working out with a with a cutter or printer or something and so he was able to actually get me a set of like four to ten acrylic sticks that are clear you know they're a nice you know picked up the blue with the whole again playing off spell storm I guess kind of the idea but he's able to um, engrave on there 
Spellstorm miniatures, but nice. Yeah, it's it's a nice blue. It, right. You could use it with your troll army or your signar. Well, army. that's my other thought too. Is I was like, well, you know, trolls signar, they both work. You know, I mean, yeah. minions maybe a little less, but you know, they're very kind of crisp, clear, clean. Um, yeah. Came in a nice tube. Um, the guy was really cool to deal with and everything like that. Um, also picked up some MDF uh, like proxy bases that be uh also i think using for the king of coins coming up but we can chat about that later um nice either way yeah he was just really cool i mean he got him turned out pretty quickly a lot sooner than i thought for a little bit of a custom work and yeah. was totally open and chill with it so yeah that was super cool know. he was able to put spellstorm miniatures on written on him right so that's awesome <laughs> well great well uh let me ask you a question um as we as we just kind of get into our episode, uh, have you played any non War Machine games lately? As a matter of fact, I have. Oh, um, do tell. Yeah, actually, uh, yesterday, me and a buddy Michael finally got together, and uh, I know Michael, myself, and Jeremiah have been talking for I don't know how long we've been talking like six months. Like we need to get together and play Infinity, uh, the game, right? And so finally, I got together with them. We sat down at the table, and okay. And I look at him and go, okay, so you probably know more than I do. He looks at me like, have you ever played? I was like, no. He's like, all right, then we're at the same level. <laughs> oh, nice. So you like both went through the rule book together Correct. and figured it out. Yeah. Um, That's so awesome. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, Did I you use the Army Builder online or the app? No. So we um, we decided to take it the step, step back and um, they have the starter box. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, what's this one called? Um, Operation... Red. Oh, I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, but basically, they had rules in there where they have the map and they have the terrain that it comes with, little cardboard kind of cutouts. Um, and you can follow along on the guide, and it starts you out very easy, like mission one through six. And you score points depending on, like, you know, how many enemies you are able to take out or how many get you. Um, people aren't familiar with it. It's basically, uh, I think... 28 millimeter um, sci-fi is what they yeah, base it off. Yeah, it's like a skirmish yeah. level, right? Yeah, it's like a skirmish level. Alternating activations? Correct. True yeah. line of sight? Yep. Yep. Um, and so, you know, you get cover and stuff like that. It's, you know, a lot of a lot of shooting. Um, some other ones have, you know, bows, arrows, plasma guns for all I know. I mean, um, but like a lot of, you know, heavy machine guns, combi rifles, that sort of thing. So a little bit of sci-fi military. So anyway, mission one, you kind of jump in and you have like, it starts you with a three basic troopers. Like, these would be your basic unit guys. Not great stats, single wounds, they take a hit, they're pretty much out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it eases you into the rules. Now, there's a lot more advanced rules that go further on, but we got through, I think, mission four and introducing, you know, bigger and bigger guys, bigger armies, you know, three guys to end up being six guys, and so you get your six activations. And found it went pretty smooth, and it was fun. Um, it, was, it was a different takeaway, whereas movement... And inches kind of matter, but not nearly as much because, like, when your rifle has a range of 8 to 16, you get a certain modifier. You can yeah. be roughly close, you know. Um, yeah. And so, um, anyway, it was it was an interesting experience to finally get to sit down and play with it. Uh, the models are neat looking. I enjoy them. Yeah. The rule set, like I said, was fairly easy once we started getting used to it. The hardest thing that we kept messing up on uh, when you quickly roll the dice was if you're trying to hit somebody, you have to like price is right rules. You have to roll a D20 to hit under. So if your target number is a 14, your D20 needs to be less than 14 or okay. equal to. Equal to would be a critical success. Um, 
or you know most of the times the modifiers came up to be like eights so i needed to roll less than an eight on a d20 in order to get a hit and then flip that around and he has to roll his armor check which you know is the damage minus the armor and then roll that or above so oftentimes it was like oh you killed me i was like no that was actually you rolled up he's like oh that's right you know because we got so mm. used to having to try to roll under to hit or to make dodge roll successes, stuff like that, is everything else you want to be equal to or under. And then when it came to the armor, obviously, the higher the better. And they only use D20s in in that game. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, like I said, it was a different type of rule set, a good easy skirmish. I mean, it took us a couple hours to get through, like, those four missions. And, again, a lot of that was um, stopping for, for family kid reasons and also for just, double-checking rules like hey how does that work again um yeah i'm excited that's a game i've been wanting to play and i have a couple models for it and so i'm looking forward to getting it on the table did you guys use the cardboard terrain yes we we used that cardboard which actually was pretty decent i mean comes with the set and and wasn't too bad um i was gonna say the one thing that actually mattered in that game a little bit was facing um so that's why i had the advantage on him he's used to playing like some warhammer and stuff like that whereas like war machine i'm so used to facing matters mm-hmm. front arc is is very important that you know i got him on a couple later when we were playing a little bit of angles um although that game can get really slanted real fast because your orders are based on how many people you have so if a few good rolls he took out like two of my guys so i was left one to three so my turn i got one action mm-hmm. his turn he got three actions oh, it okay. really it really okay. slanted um Anyway, seems like there's a lot of nuance, but it seems like the the game is pretty deep. Yeah, it yeah. can go really deep, but then it was also kind of simple, you know. Again, nice. machines on that same realm where it's like, yeah, I'm just pushing these guys around. But once you start getting into some of the positioning, how you yeah. handle your cover, where the line of sights are, that's cool. That's cool. Well, we had our. Um, I haven't played any um, other miniatures games, but we had our pandemic legacy two night, and. We are. We were in the month of February, and we actually did. Um, uh, we we won, and so I'm pretty pretty happy about that uh, because so far, uh, Legacy Season two, Pandemic Legacy Two Season Two has been uh, kicking our butts, um, and then last night was a Starfinder night, and uh, we're really getting into the realm of classic sci-fi. We. Our, our team is answering the uh, distress signal of a derelict ship. And go. so we have a nice cliffhanger because we send a boarding party over. And they one of the things they discovered was a bloody handprint on the wall. And so dun, dun, dun. Oh, next thing you know, yeah. an alien's going to be popping out of his stomach. Yeah, well, um, we'll see. Well, we scan the ship. There's no uh, life forms uh-huh. on board sure. that we can see. Yeah. So, <laughs> Someone failed their role there. Yeah. <laughs> well, well and what's interesting, too, is uh, is in our last um, in our last uh, um, session, the one before last night, we, we decided that I would be the captain of our ship, hmm. uh, which is both good and bad. So we'll see. We'll see where where I take us. <laughs> and Starfinder is like Pathfinder, based off the Pathfinder, right? Kind of rule set, or right, yeah, uh, Pathfinder rule set. But there's some there's some uh, new additions that they've added to it, and um, and I, I, I think character creation is, is, is spot on. I love the character that I that I created using the rules, and um, and of course with the story, I think we're having a we're having a great time with with the story too. Um, our DM is doing a homebrew thing, All right. and. Uh, and um, the world is pretty diverse and big, and and Excellent. so yeah, it's it's nice. So, 
How about any any War Machine games? Have you played any War Machine games? Yeah, so um, I participated in the Scramblers at Root and Board to break open their new space there. Nice, um, and it was it was cool that they have that extra extra space out there, um, and uh, it had to wait a little bit. You know, we had three people ready to go, and then we kind of sat and waited a little bit. For, fourth person, fourth person, sorry, speak there, finally showed up, and we were able to to get a pretty cool game, and it ended up being. Um, Myself, along with JC, Abby, and uh, Jeff. So, of course, I was like already going into that, going, "Oh, great! This is how I'm." <laughs> That's some stiff competition. <laughs> yeah, I might as well hand over my money. I'm, I'm out. Um, and it wound up kind of cool. Uh, I ended up facing off with Abby, so I was running uh, Madrak One. So scramblers, um, obviously four people, and you pretty much face off and then winners face off and the losers can face off if they feel like it yeah it's a fun format it's a, a yeah. quick little tournament and you know and the winner gets you know the buy-in right yeah, For, exactly yeah. it was, it was a all, winner take all so it was a five dollar buy-in winner got a 20 dollar gift card and um it's a single list so that's kind of the little twist to it too is i just went up with yeah. a magic one list um that i had it's a little bit of twist on the classic magic one but figured Jumping back into trolls here, figured this out. Kind of, it's a mm-hmm. good caster to kind of do that with. And Abby bring, end up bringing a um, Grim One Storm of the North with a Sea King. So I already was feeling a little bit sad about my <laughs> about my uh, my champs trying to take down a Sea King when he had like raiders and everything else in front too. Um, and I ended up going second, which is again a little bit rough in the troll world trying to get that Krillstone up. And I miscalculated his bear's threat range by one inch. Um, and I really should have feeded. This is my classic thing. I kind of get ahead and I, I forget to feed all the time. Like, mm-hmm. if I would have done that, I could have prevented some stuff. So his bears come in, wreck some havoc. I'm able to take care of them. But then it, his sea king was able to get somewhat close enough, spitting that acid scuttling crabs, doing damage. Um, so my champs are getting whittled away. And again... My next turn, I forget to feed again. So I don't heal my champs either <laughs> that are all wow. like beat up down to like one box, right? Because I was spreading damage around. Except for the one, I think he rolled like a 12 damage after armor. <laughs> like check. Oh, my. Yeah, so I, I let him tough check. Um, and that would have prevented the Sea King from also charging in and threshing. I mean, because I had taken care of the bears. I had scored a couple points, contested his, so I, I got a slight scenario lead there um, going nice. second, which was nice. So I was able to, I should say it was all Mirage. Um, the the Scrambler runs just one map the whole time. Everyone's running the same scenario, right? So a little bit more back and forth. I was losing attrition pretty hard, uh, but I was able to keep pushing scenario a bit and at one point, I, like, I went for it pretty hard with my long riders in that list, charged through Burning Earth Cloud, um, got lit on fire, rolled the damage roll, um, took no damage because I was under the stone technically at the time where the damp fire damage would have taken place. Nice. Um, I charge in on Volca. I'm boosted everything right. I hit him, and I do no damage. <laughs> like, ooh, Ouch. that's no good. And my second one kind of comes in and does basically the same thing, just takes out, like, a raider. I'm like, oh, great, that's not so good. So, of course, Volca murders them the next turn. Mm-hmm. Um, he's able to clear that zone. But um, I think it was turn five. I ended up edging him six to one off of a couple long shots. Like, one, my bomber, I was 12 inches away. I was able to just get within 12 inches, chuck two shots, 
boosted them both, was able to destroy the objective, luckily. Nice. And then I was able to clear his flag using, like, everything I could, or my flag, I guess, the nearest flag, everything I could to finally clear it. And then I got him six to one. And it was, we were both down to, I think I had, like, three or four minutes on my clock, and he was underneath ten, like. That's a good win. Yeah, that That's was. a good win. As a brutal hard win. Um, so then I ended up facing against a, a Jeff who was running. Um, oh man, it was Grimkin, uh, <laughs> King of Nothing, um, which again, Castro I hadn't really faced. And I went first on that turn, which was all right. Um, I was able to move up. He was running kind of the non classic Grimkin. I was ready for a Beast Brick, right? And he had like Madcaps and the Hollow Man and. Um, the little dudes riding the toy horses. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Nayslayers. Yeah. And those things hit a lot harder than I thought they were going to. I I aggressively pushed up way too much. He wiped out so many things. Um, and, again, it's one of those where it was just that fight back and forth for, for CP. I think we had him on, like, three to two. I had him on CP. We were down. He was, again, starting to get that attrition because those madcaps just blowing up in my face. And, again, I'm forgetting defeat, forgetting defeat, forgetting defeat. Oh, so there goes my healing. There eliminates his charges. Did you ever feed? Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Actually, both games I did end up feeding. Um, the first game was after Grim had, had done his feed. I had to do my feed in, in just pure remembrance of countering. And then right. this one I finally feeded, like, turn three or four. Um, again, it was just, it was just bad. Uh, and so that one was again, a lot of back and forth and he started getting me in the attrition. He was starting to take over. Um, so I was running out of uh, contesting pieces. Meanwhile, he could throw like two gore hounds in my circular zone and my stone had to charge one to try to take it out. That didn't work out so well, but I took my mauler and went to attack his cage rager. And this is kind of that unfortunate moment where we're both at like, I think I was at seven minutes. He was at like nine minutes. Um, and because I had a little bit of CP lead, I could kind of push it a little bit. So I, I go in and he's looking at his list and he goes, huh? well, good game. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that's confusing. Yeah, what? I was like, what just happened? He's like, well, I guess I'm so used to playing Dreamer. I have this cage rager on the board and he's not in my list. So... Oh, it's kind of a hollow win because that one was going to be really tight. Like he was probably going to start edging that one out real quick. But being right. an awesome gentleman, he was. He shook hands there. It was also like five fifteen. The store closes at five. We were kind of like, well, we gotta wrap this up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so I was joking with him. Man, you couldn't notice this a half hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really neat for him to, you know, just kind of admit it, you know, yeah. and, and that's a good and, catch and shake hands and just kind of be like, well, that was. That was a learning experience, and yeah. and so we talked very briefly as we were packing up models, and I wanted to talk to him more about the games too. But um, same with Abby, I wanted to chat more about our game. But we literally had to jump in. Like I was, I was scrambling models from just one half of the table to the other to the other map. Yeah, that was set up ready to play on. So I was just like tossing models on. So my first turn, it was weird putting everything in. But yeah, that was both were incredible grinders of a game, um, and and a lot of. A lot of good experience out of them. So, I mean, I'm now 2-0 in 2019, so nice. <laughs> see how long nice. that, that lasts. Oz and I went to the Scramblers, but uh, the way that worked out, we couldn't uh, – uh, there wasn't, like, the right number of people at the right time. Yeah. And then um, and then I didn't – we didn't have the time to stay all day. And so, so we, we just ended up playing each other. 
and uh, and so I, I was running as a car because I'm all in on scoring right now and um, and uh, Zakar is not a big fan of Mulg. Mm. And so Mulg just, he kind of basically walked around um, the uh, the building and with his two-inch melee just took care of business. Oh, okay. And so I was like, oh, well, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> big hammer does that. I was going to think maybe yeah. Mulg was like burning his uh, arcane vortexes and just kicking you off. Oh, I don't like that either, but uh, <laughs> that never really came into play. So, so I got assassinated. Mm. So... Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I got a casual game in last week, uh, with, uh, with Eli Thanks. and once again, running, running the car and, um, and my, my goal is to play a certain number of games with the car, um, before I pick up a new caster, a new warlock. And so that's my goal with, as I'm getting into scorn and learning the army and kind of learning all of the tools. And so I played Iona, I think in devourer's host. I think is what Eli was running, okay. and uh, that list is very fast and very scary. And I thought that turn one and two, I thought I was weathering the assault pretty okay. I didn't, I didn't know what was coming. Mm-hmm. It is probably the the right way to the say it. Yeah. yeah, and so, and so um, he was able to go up on scenario really quickly. Um, because he just he just pushes everyone out. You know, there's there's no way to get in, and and I would contest and lose lose models, and we yeah. you know we'd peace trade along the way or whatever, and then when and then when we both determined that it was late and we wanted to go home, <laughs> we kind of uh, we kind of talked out the last few actions of his turn to kind of determine like um, kind of all the things that he would have done, you know, yeah. if, if he had the time, and so. Um, uh, it was it was an assassination loss, um, but 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 he was in a situation where he had um, he he was up on scenario as well. Like it was it was, it was total domination is what it was. Gotcha. Um, but for me, that was what my third game against Circle, I think. And so my goal, I, I told Eli up front right away. I said I want to learn from this, and so I I want you to be explicit about what you're doing and talk to me why you're doing it. Yeah, and so and so, win or lose, I won because I, I learned something new, mm-hmm. and uh, and so um, and of course I'm learning my army for the first time. That was only that was only my second seventy five point match with Sakar, because before this I'd been doing the journeyman league uh, right. steps. Yeah, and so my first game was against Ozzy on the scrambler day, and then my second game was against Eli, and so. Uh, I am uh, winless in 2019. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did you? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, yesterday was Quan Kong. Did you participate yeah. in that? Uh, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no way with just so much else going on, and that's like yeah. I said I ended up playing Infinity, but yeah. it, it worked because I was able to get the wife and kids. Um, that's different. Yeah, when the family's too, involved, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Sundays are hard for me. I just don't do right. Sundays. But but as I say, actually thinking about that when you said circle, because I think James won that with uh, with circle, Did right? He? So circle's yeah. in a good spot, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, um, before we get to our main topic, um, one of the things that I've been doing for a while now is I, I keep a diary of all the games that I play, and you know, I, I record who I play, what their army. Usually, I just record um, caster and theme, and then. 
then I keep track of the CPs and the army points killed and things like that. And then I also keep track of um, whether I'm first or second player and what the win or loss condition was. And it's a lot of fun to go back and and kind of review where where you've been. And and so I started doing um, so I keep a written diary and then but then I started using a warm hordes battle reporter which is an online app. It's an app you can get on your phone, yep. but you can also use it as a, as a, a web browser. And, and uh, a solid 45% of my games end in assassination. <laughs> and so uh, in this case, um, uh, most of, I, I lose more games than, than I win right now. Yeah. So, but um, in the majority of them end in either me being assassinated or me assassinating my opponent. Um, and uh, a slightly less uh, majority is a loss on clock. And so I actually, um, uh, um, my opponents have, um, have lost on, I've won on clock nine times, and I've lost on clock 15 times, for example. Okay. Yeah. And, so, um, and so I'm still, you know, I only win about 40% of my games, and so everything kind of fits in that, in that, in that age, that range, and then of course the the smaller number is scenario. So I've won on scenario four times, and and those have been some of my most favorite games ever, right? Um, and then I've lost to scenario only five times. Mm. So one of the things that you know the Captain Ron has instilled in me is uh, is a really aggressive scenario play. Yeah, and so um, and so I don't lose on scenario too mo- too often, and um, I also don't win on scenario too often, but. Um, but my win-loss situation is either going to be clock or assassination, typically. And so um, uh, my longest win streak is four games. Mm, nice. And my longest losing streak is six games. <laughs> and I'm currently in the middle of that losing streak. And oh, so yeah. the next game that I play, if I lose, uh, the streak continues. No, no. Uh, uh, but... Uh, um, uh, but one of the things I noticed, so I've played nine games with Zakar, and including the Journeyman Leagues and the two 75-point um, games that I've played, and all nine of them have ended in assassination. Hmm. I've won three of them, and I've lost six of them. And so I'm looking forward to um, winning or losing in another way. Right. <laughs> so would you say that's showing you maybe a little uh, aggressive with your caster there, or...? Oh, well, okay, so there isn't a lot of things in my list that protects me from shooters. Okay. And so, like, losing this to Striker, you know, for example, and, you know, and different things like that. And so um, I think part of it is list construction. Um, as I build more models, I have more mm-hmm. toys to play with in my lists. And so, um, and so, like, for example, for the first time I have the caster attachment now that I'm using and, um, and then I'm going to... Um, you know, my, my master's list includes a, a bronze back, okay. um, and so which is going to help me with fury management. So those those kinds of things okay. will be will be helpful. So um, I I used to always build with uh, Valkyries, and then for a moment I was taking them out, and then and now I think I'm going to have to add them back in. Yeah, those shield guards <laughs> are nice. They're they're really helpful. <laughs> so, um, but it's good. You know, um, one of the things that the app does is it tells you how you're doing in the last six months versus how you're doing overall. And so overall, uh, my win rate is about 39, 40%. Okay. 
but in the last six months has gotten it's dropped and so the the big question that I have for myself is does that mean that I'm um, actually getting worse as a player or is the drop in win rate um, percentage wise anyway um, is that associated with me trying to learn a new army you know um, or is it, it also might include my hiatus into minions and cephalix yeah. there was a couple of events where I played just minions and cephalix and I lost all those games and so so that doesn't really help either and so when you play something sort of out of like you've been playing something for a while and then you just jump over and then you jump back you know um, and the jump over wasn't very good for me there you go no I was saying I think that's what a lot of it would be is you know you could, some guys can jump around the armies and and pick them up and and know them know them well enough and if you're still learning like you said now you're jumping into scorn and your your options your build options are a little bit more limited so maybe your lists aren't as optimized but now yeah. also you were so much playing Kador and even in mercenaries you're like oh hey okay I know how to play war machine and then you jump to hordes oh yeah just learning the fury mechanic alone yeah. is is an exercise in itself right and yeah. It, yeah it creates a whole another another aspect of wait what do I got to calculate all this now oh man yeah yeah so so you know I don't have I don't have visions of grandeur I know that I you know I'll never be a war machine weekend winner or, or anything like that um, I, I do enjoy having some wins, um, and so I think that's why I keep the diary. Is yeah. is in the long run, I, I just want to be a good, strong player, and you know, win or lose, right? And so I want to I want to know what my army does, and and as I play more opponents, I want to learn what my opponents' armies do. So yeah. that's sort of just kind of my, my personal goal, which is why um, one of my 2019 goals is just to play more games, and uh, and I have a, I have a target number I'm reaching for. So. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I think you've inspired me. I need to start writing mine down at least for this year, and and hopefully, at least bat a five hundred throughout the year would be kind of a a cool. Yeah, that'd be a nice goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we want to maybe maybe actually this would be a good time to maybe transition into our main topic. You know, uh, the main topic is uh, choosing what to play, and and we we encounter that a lot with with games. Just just how do you choose a game to play yeah. um, and then and then within and then within the game how do you choose what to play within the game and so um, why don't we just have that that big broad stroke first Dan how do you, how do you decide on a game that you want to play like what uh, what kind of things um, uh, what kind of factors do you look for or what, what grabs you yeah so overall it's mainly what can I play? Um, for example, including that is what one do I have time for? Two, what are some friends playing? What, who are people around me playing? Um, that's some of my bigger factors, right? I mean, I like hanging out with my friends and making new friends. And for example, that's how I got into War Machine. Was a buddy, you know, like I said, hit me up, said, "Here's a here's a Signar starter, go at it." And then finding out, hey, you know, Jeremiah plays, uh, Ron plays, like some other guys I know. Okay, well. I can get this going. Then I find out about the time that it takes, and that kind of hampers some of my some of my game playing. But still, try to get it in there. Um, unlike Hero Clicks, where you know, yeah, it took us some time, but three hours, I get like three games in, right? Maybe four hours with some travel. Yeah. Um, but again, a lot of friends were playing that. You know, it looked neat, looked fun. Um, that's the big aspect of it too. Is it something that kind of challenges? There's something I can maybe grow to. I mean, if everyone is playing Connect Four. There's not much of a skill curve eventually at, you know, 
Connect Four Tic Tac Toe. I don't know. I'm pretty mean at Tic Tac Toe. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not as much variety, right? Yeah. You know. I think you're onto uh, something right there. I think a lot of times our our first our first filter that kind of would goes through our brain as we're as we're trying to evaluate whether or not to play a game is is who do we know that's already playing it, you know, or 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 someone that we know introduced us to the game. And that's how I started with HeroClix. Yeah. You know, I was working at the insurance company and a coworker said, hey, I've got the starter box. Would you be interested? You know, and 10 years of my life went away. Right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the guy had no idea what he was doing. Um, and then, you know, and so just like with War Machine, a coworker introduced you to it by, you know, by giving you a box, right? Yeah. Um, but, um, but there are a lot of games like that, you know, because... We're, I think we're in a golden age of games. We can walk into any game store in our city and we can find fantastic looking games that, that would be interesting for us to play. And, and there would be, I mean, um, any number of reasons to pick them up. Yeah. But in the back of your mind, you're going, okay, who would play this with me? And I think that's sort of the first filter that I have. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be one of the persons who helped you dive into War Machine, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, there are other filters though too. Yeah, right. Sometimes just going, finding something on sale, you know, and uh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll try this out. You know, you never know. Like Guardian Games has a used shelf, mm-hmm. and there's as all kinds of things get traded in, and and you can get exposure by buying a game pretty inexpensively, right. and then you know, and then learning and that you really like that game and you want to play that game more, right? Yep, exactly. And that's how I, I picked up some, actually, from Guardian. I think I picked up, like, Illuminati, which I had remembered back in the day. And I'm like, I don't know anyone that wants to play this right now. It's a Steven Jackson game, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I know I kind of like it, and eventually it's going to make it on my shelf, right? Or, you know, we'll, we'll bust it out sometime. But it was it's cheap enough to, to grab and, yeah. and want to play again. Um, well, I did that recently. I picked up um, the book, The Godfather board game. <laughs> I think it's put out by Simon, I think. Hmm. Um, tons of amazing little plastic miniatures. You know, they're modern and they're modern right. dressed and so I can use them in, you know, certain RPG games and, you know, we're thinking about running a Delta Green or something and so I can, depending on what time period we use, I can I can use those models. There right? you go. And, uh, and so, plus, it'd be just fun to paint them. And, um, but yeah, but I got that game really inexpensively and with the goal of introducing it to people to play with me, yep. knowing that no one currently plays it. There you go. Yeah, um, that's a, like I said, a great way to do it. Yeah. I was gonna say is another. That's not always the most inexpensive, but uh, Kickstarter. You know, that might be another thing where it's like, hey, you know, here's something new, and it's yeah. gonna be a limited run, or maybe not be in stores. You want to be a part of this right. sort of thing, and and like I've talked about previously, that Kickstarter kind of it, it it did a good job of grabbing a lot of my money last year, probably more than I should have let it, but yeah. <laughs> I went down that Kickstarter hole and. And following games like Chronicle X that, you know, is still, they're a few months behind, but they say, you know, they're playtesting it. Um, it's made by Archon. And so I'm really excited to get that. Who am I going to play with it right now? I don't know. But it reminds me of, you know, of XCOM back in the day, playing that, mm-hmm. you know, and that I'd hang out with friends and chat with. And then, so this is kind of that on a, on a board game scale. And yeah. I just, it really appealed to me. So even then, I don't, I guess it's one of those things. It wasn't on sale. I don't have any friends playing it. But yeah. I'm sure going to try to introduce it to a few friends because I enjoy it. See, that, <laughs> right? that's what it takes. So I found, um, you know, uh, uh, Guardian Games has their um, IRS tax 
sale oh, at the yeah. end of the year or whatever. And uh, and so down on the like the bottom shelf, tucked away behind all these things, I found uh, the two player starter set for Drop Zone Commander. And so I, I took it out, and I've been wanting to play this game for for a long time because I listen to other podcasts and they talk about that game a lot. And so I went over to you know to the table and I pulled everything out and I went through each component individually, going against the uh, you know um, the, the 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 list to making sure that every piece was there. And then when I discovered that every piece was there, um, I said, "Okay, I'm buying it." And yeah. plus, it was already marked down because it was. It was used, right? And it was additionally marked down because of the, the additional sale. And and I was like, okay, cool. I got this two-player starter, and now I need uh, a sci-fi nerd to play this game with. And <laughs> and done. I already I already know who I'm going to play with. So we're just gonna we're gonna set it up, and we're gonna we're gonna play, and it's gonna be good. So I think some of us in the War Machine community are feeling that with uh, Monster Apocalypse, mm-hmm. as as more releases start coming out, um, there's more interest among uh, War Machine players. You know, like, oh, hey, you know, um, anybody else playing Monpok? Yeah. You know, are you uh, thinking about playing Monpok? Yes and no. Um, I mean, I really don't have the time for it, nor should I really do the shelf space dedicated to it. But um, the sheer aspect is, like, I was looking at the the aliens and the aesthetic, kind of cool. Like, I don't really even know much of the rule set, just kind of looking, you know, aesthetically wise. and Giant monsters destroying right. buildings. And other giant monsters. Trying to protect said buildings or just right other buildings. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, and it looks fun. It looks kind of like like their sculpting's neat. And I just more so almost want to try out a paint scheme. Amongst mm. anything else, I have a I have a paint scheme in my head that I want to put onto something, but it won't. I don't think it would fit really well on any war machine. Maybe hmm. Rhett or Convert, no, not even that. I don't know. So um, Rhett, actually, if I ever pick up Rhett and start playing it, I have a whole other paint scheme I want to go that way out, route. Yeah. Um, but I just look at him and I go, it could be fun. Again, it's a skirmish-type deal. Um, already know, like, War Machine. So, you know, hopefully they're doing a good job on the new Monpok, which sounds like it's catching a little bit of fire, but... I, I Actually, I've, I'm on the, the Monpok Discord. Yeah. And all, all I'm hearing is really good things. Right. So, so, so that's yeah. kind of encouraging. But yeah, yeah, anyway, that's if I was looking at that game and said, okay, how am I going to play this? I don't really know many people playing it right now, although yeah. some would. Like Again, like I said, yeah. we just say it and like three or four other people will buy and want to play. Uh, well, well, here's the thing. You, you actually, you touched on another, another reason to get into a game, and that, is, and that is just for the hobby side of it. Um, and so Dementon Games, um, they make a game called Twisted. And it's uh, and it's a sci-fi uh, Victorian fantasy uh, skirmish level game, and it's kind of a weird place to be because there's some steampunk elements to it, which kind of gets covered by War Machine. There's the Victorian elements to it, which kind of gets covered by Malifaux. Yeah. Like it, Twisted occupies a really f- interesting space in the in a miniatures world, and so I, I don't know how they're doing globally with with the game, but. But they recently actually um, they started a new model line where they're doing 54 millimeter models that are not designed to be uh, to be played. They're just designed to be painted. Okay. And so some people get into games just to not not to play the game, but to paint the models. And that 54 millimeter scale is an interesting scale too, because then you have games like Judgment, 
which is a MOBA style, you know, a skirmish, a miniature game, and they're at the 54 millimeter Mark II, and and those models are beautiful, and you know, you buy the two player starter, you're only getting three models because each model is is in itself, you know, valuable. Yeah. You know, you don't, I guess you don't need it for the gameplay. Like to have, um, you, you can get away with a, a small handful of models, and you can be really selective about what you choose. Uh, Judgment is actually a very interesting game because, you know, as we're talking about what to choose, what, how do we choose what to play? Sometimes we get hamstringed into playing certain things that we don't want to play because we want to play something else. Like if we're playing, for example, if we're choosing an army or a theme force, and we want to play this specific thing. Unfortunately, to play that, we also have to play these other things. Yeah. And so I'll, uh, I'll get more into that in a second. I want to finish my thought on Judgment. And so the way that Judgment works is apparently there are no factions. You literally just field the models you want to field um, based on, on the, game you, the game you're playing. And so you can truly mix and match, and it's all just personal preference, which I think is absolutely freeing. So uh, it's a, it, it looks like a fun game to, you know, to explore. Yeah. But. Um, before we get into my little ramble there that I just <laughs> just dropped a bomb on people, but um, there's sometimes there's like a real sort of existential reason, you know, to to get into to a game, right? Just the just the idea of something like a love affair that we have with a with a aesthetic or yep. with a certain time point in history, and you know, uh, or or something, and, and we just and so a game comes out and we just we just have to have it, you know. Is there any game that fits that niche for you? Uh, like kind of as I mentioned, that Chronicle X just brings me to a, a cool place of like you know, semi-futuristic aliens versus you know the human resistance yeah. world going at it, and and that nostalgia pull to it. Um, other than that, you know, like you know, Infinity as well, just kind of that neat little sci-fi-ish skirmish little yeah. neo-type world i mean when you get a nice universe around it it, it really does help um yeah. war machine i didn't know the fluff kind of before it it was more of like okay you know like i said here's someone you got these robots you got you know magic in there you've got all these different mixed arms forces you've got these different factions there's a lot of variety and fun yeah um really pick up what's your personality and then kind of learning about the world on it and you know um, the fluff does help. I'm not always kind of that, you know, hey, give me all the lore type of guy, but it does definitely help bring up a world. Yeah. Like I said, if you probably just threw down a threw down a game and said, hey, here's some really cool looking miniatures, but we have really no story behind it, they're just gonna fight each other. Maybe it won't yeah. hold the appeal as much. That's true. the The lore gives you gives you that certain depth. Yeah, I think uh, there are some people who uh, like Cthulhu is something that. That really just captures people, mm-hmm. and so there there are some games or like some RPGs and some miniature stuff that people will just automatically pick up because they have to have it, you know. And so uh, my friend Kevin is really into Cthulhu, yeah. and you know, and if I told him about the the Cthulhu like Monpok Force, right, he would probably jump right in and both feet and not, not even look for a landing spot. He would just dive in, right. Um, yeah, I feel that way um, about certain things too. Like, I like the idea of something, and it's the idea that that just really captures me. So, like for Malifaux, um, the thing that that really captured my attention was uh, was the cards 
mechanic. And so being able to have a control hand and then being able to cheat fate and sort of manipulate the outcome of a skirmish, um, all of that just really appealed to me. And so the trick with Malifaux then is, okay, how do I find a faction or a set of models that I can comfortably play and that I can that I can really get behind and play while also using this awesome mechanic that I want, right. you know? Um, some games are, there, there's a conflict there. You like one aspect of it, but not everything, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's, how, that's how a lot of games um, kind of show up for, for me. Um, very few games actually tick all the boxes. So War Machine is one of those games that sort of tick all the boxes. Um, I can enjoy it casually. I can enjoy it competitively. I like the lore of some of the things. I like the models. Um, I really like force construction, like how to build an army. And, and with my background as a chess coach, the, the whole notion of a, of a warlock or a warcaster getting assassinated, you know, puts you in a checkmate situation intellectually, like I can ascend to that. Like it, that makes sense to me, yeah. you know, versus, you know, another game where if you lose your general or you lose your commander, but your forces can still act on the battlefield also makes sense to me but an entirely different way you, you, you know what I mean yeah I can feel that um, yeah. definitely I was gonna go with that as um, like you said it's kind of that that option of what really appeals to you and and as you much like Cthulhu for example you know there's a very evilish force kind of dictated with that whereas you kind of maybe have some heroes some villains type type sides which we didn't even talk about Star Wars during this whole thing how do we not <laughs> oh I know <laughs> that's I, a light versus dark <laughs> well and, and I, this morning I was listening to Paint All the Miniatures uh, Paint All the Minis with Dan Adam and he has this series that he calls Why I Love and he'll have a guest on and they'll just talk about a game and why they love that game and so his most recent guest was talking about Star Wars Legion and so I listened to an hour and a half of this guy just just you know vomit all this love for this game you know and how much he loves it and so um there's uh, there's a lot of fandom there with uh with star wars so so actually let's 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 jump into that so let's let's pick game xyz okay it doesn't matter what game um that, that's out there do you generally lean good guys or bad guys um, I'm generally by default kind of the good guy. Uh, it's just the way I've always, maybe not even consciously thought about it, but D&D usually like floating towards the clerics or the paladins or the monks or, you know, okay. not just murdering people. Um, Mass Effect, when I played that, I always seemed to make the, the paragon choices. You know, the, the lighter, brighter side, you know. Okay. Um, uh, I think Star Wars, um, Old Republic was a similar way like even sometimes just making my decisions always seem to be kind of on the more good path so i think i'm more okay. of the of the good guy factions i guess even when i look at war machine signar maybe they're not considered the good guys but they're kind of the kind of the good guy they're yeah. kind of the good guys but you, have, you play the true good guys yeah the trolls yeah they, you know yeah and then you got the poor yeah. trolls who get hit you know so always that uh, protagonist type style right or okay. um Pan-Oceanic and, and Infinity. Yeah, I mean, always, I float towards the good guys, I guess. So you and I are uh, would make a great pair, and whenever a two-player starter box comes out on some random game, we should split it, and I'll just take the bad guy faction, <laughs> and you take the good guy. I, I mean, I remember, so my first miniatures event ever was uh, the old um, Star Wars minis game. It was, um, it was the... Uh, uh, the, uh, I can't remember. So 3.5 had a miniatures handbook and had like rules for how to play 
um, like a miniatures game using their miniatures or whatever, and then eventually evolved into a Dungeons and Dragons uh, miniatures game. And so yeah, every card, every miniature had a t- um, had a card associated with it and actions and things like that. And you played on this gridded board. Well, then they had the Star Wars license and they had the Star. You know. So anyway, all that to say is I ran Vader all the time, and you know, and so yeah, um, when we play X Wing with my with my with my boys, I'm 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 running you know the Imperial side and. Uh, you know, jumped into Kador uh, when I when I played War Machine, and now I'm playing Scorn. Yeah. I mean, I have a Cephalix army. I mean, c- come on, there's no, yeah, that's where I'm at in the world, and my Warhammer armies are chaos, and you know, which I guess depends on how you look at that. Could be good or bad, but right, everyone's you know. a hero in their own story, right? Yeah, sure, exactly. <laughs> so okay, all right. Um, so so uh, that's that's a. Sometimes that's it's it's helpful just to kind of know where you are, right? Yeah. And so when you when you start a new game and and you start learning like where you're gonna where you're gonna fall, you know the the good versus bad is sort of a, a quick binary rubric, right? Um, but then there's like nuances, so you start having you know army types and, and factions, and so um, and so when when you know the other side when I kickstarted the other side. They they have four initial offerings for army types, and 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 so you had to basically kind of two earth side armies, which generally could be the good guys, I guess, and then two like other side armies, uh, which I guess could be the bad guys, perspective you know yeah. withstanding, and um, you know, but the two factions, the the two other side factions play completely differently um, from from each other. And so, and so, when you when you're looking at army types, what, what kinds of things do you look for? Like, what's your rubric? How do you how do you settle on what you, what you want to play? Yeah, that really I think depends kind of game to game. Um, like j- the recent of just War Machine in general. When I was kind of doing that, there's like a War Machine quiz out there, right? And and kind of taking that. Um, yeah, for those of you that want to take that, it's on the AllNewWar.com website. Yep, and that one's. It's kind of cool. I mean, you can kind of cheat the questions if you already kind of know what you want to do. Um, and I actually really was leaning on initially on that one, kind of Rhett and Signar is where it was kind of guiding me. Hmm. Um, both mainly because they're kind of that technology faction, I guess, always has the uh, appeal to me a little bit. Um, I mean, which could be why, you know, Iron Man's pretty cool and, you know, those type of guys, right? Batman with his gadgets, right? And And so... That usually appeals again um, when you when you look at it. Kind of that's aesthetically, I guess, a little bit on that aspect too. But just having those options, or they both also have seemingly a wide range um, gun line versus melee. And yeah. when I'm not really new to a game, maybe that's just kind of my default going into is that kind of feel like let me let me feel that out because I'll probably enjoy that, mm-hmm. and then see what the rest of the game has to offer. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense and. I think when like when I first started playing my Kato army, um, I think the first like kind of build I was building for was like this Winter Guard army, and you know which is kind of a range thing. And um, but my favorite list by far is a is a Jaws of the Wolf list that has all melee jacks and just just want to get in your face and you know and punch some things. Right. And you know, big fan of melee forces. <laughs> Axe to face, I think is. Axe to face <laughs> is the prescription. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's when I started playing, and then learning like, man, melee's pretty good. That's why I 
played Gators a bit and that kind of yeah. controls. They have a much those two factions especially have a much stronger melee presence, yeah. I think, than they do ranged. Yeah. And what a lot of game developers are doing now is is even though like a certain army type will have an identity associated with it and uh, they actually are kind of creating sub-identities. So in War Machine, we have themes, but like in Warhammer, we have um, keywords that you can build your force around now. And, and so you can start to play, you know, characters that go together or models that go together, both story-wise and then, and then functionally on the board too. They have, you know, they may have rules that, that support one another, you know, and things like that. And so that, I think that's the, I think when you start diving deep into a game, I think that's when you start to see the depth and the richness of a game and you start seeing where, um, where you can really kind of just find your niche if you, if you really wanted to. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Um, my problem has always been when I, when I jump in, I kind of like to jump in. Yeah. Um, so before I even really played as many games or really figured out my, my niche of what I, what I really enjoy, I ended up, you know, buying tons of models or figures for, for something I think I'll enjoy rather than like, Hey, this is, yeah, <laughs> this is where I'm going to kind of be going, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I can appreciate that a little bit. Uh, that's why I love the slow grow that I'm doing with, with scorn. Um, because every time I build a model and I put it on the table, I'm learning something new and then that would sort of affect what my next purchase is going to be. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. You know, War Machine is funny. Um, I mentioned earlier how I like how we have the Warlocks and the Warcasters. Because um, even within an army and even within a theme, so we're kind of narrowing down the focus, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on which Warlock or which Warcaster you use could tailor your list completely in a completely different way. You know, and so um, I want to talk about how do you choose um, what to play based on um, kind of based on that like sort of the the identity or the persona of, of a char- of a, um, a character you're using you know my, my big analogy that I'm using here is is like Street Fighter I love Zangief and I pretty much only play Zangief and uh, and then if I get beat up too much then I'll switch over to like Dudley who has an awesome counter but both <laughs> those guys are melee Right, I don't yeah. throw anything except for people, and you know. And so my whole goal when I when I face uh, when I face people in Street Fighter uh, with was Zangief is just to be a better Zang- be the best Zangief player they've ever faced, right? And so, um, but in that same way, there are some people who play War Machine who I only play Butcher, like yeah. or or whatever you know whatever their caster is. I am a not not that I'm a rep player, I'm a Ron player, yeah. right? Um, there there are p- players like that. So let's kind of narrow the focus a little bit. And we talked about army types, we talked about theme types. Now we're talking about the the leader of our of our force. Do, do you feel that same pull? Like you want to focus on a certain caster, or like what do you think? Uh, a little bit. Um, I just also want to tie your yours with Zangief. He may be a bad guy, but does that not make him a bad guy? I'm Zangief. I'm bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, when I when I come down to that, the casters maybe there's some appeal on some of them. Obviously, ones that are a little bit objectively more powerful than some others. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I also have an appeal towards like underdogs. I mean, maybe it's a slight segue, but I almost like them all. Yeah. Like that's kind of why I, I actually just got my last Trollbloods caster. Um, so I now have all the Trollbloods casters to choose okay. from. I like options. That's part of my problem is I like too many options. I, I can mm-hmm. like too many things. And so there are obviously, like I said, some casters that just stick out to you a little bit more than others. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about that. When's the last time you ran Connie? Yeah, and uh, never. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so there are even limitations to. to yeah. No. <laughs> you know, I might, I might have some that you know, but I mean, maybe some of that too is playing the games, and with with Connie is more of like, okay, we're waiting for that, you know, better theme force, better <laughs> better army, and that's just it. Is is they pick up? Maybe that's why I like options too. Is is in the meta as as we're shifting through, yeah. you can you can pick up a different caster or warlock that more fits that. Um, I do find myself leaning though, yeah, towards to some. Um, most of the time, it's it's toolboxy is is again my general um, default is kind of that generalist style because I like to be able to maybe take it all um, with some options and instead of just be like, hey, I'm gonna totally box skew this. You know, unlike yeah. my Maylock list was just. You know, or the typical Maylock list out there is just a bunch of bunch of boxes that say, "Go ahead and chew through this." Yeah. Right? Um, I'm, I, I like what you're going with there. Um, I'm experiencing that right now with my Yu-Gi-Oh deck. Um, I actually have a lot of different tools within my main deck to deal with uh, certain things on the field, but then even my extra deck deals with a whole other assortment of tools. And um, and every time I play the game, I. I can do something. I mean, you have to draw the right card. Yeah. But having the options, you know, to do something is actually pretty powerful. So I, I appreciate this approach that you have, um, finding finding the tools. Yeah, and that's where War Machine is kind of cool is that you can you can basically have one of those casters, mm-hmm. and then you can have like your you know if you know the game well enough, you look at your opponent and go, well, I have this over here to deal with you know Tharn or Primal Terrors or yeah. whatever have you. And you can play that, um, again, feeding into kind of the options. But there are some, like I said, casters that I just generally reach for more than others. When I'm talking about Gators, Caliban, yeah, I want to make him work. Like, he's cool, and I think he could. He's just not, didn't really feel there. Like, yeah. and at the moment, I'm maybe not the most experienced person to just come up with that underdog list, right? Um, you know, sit there and make yeah. make some caster like you know, like um, uh, what was I just gonna say? Um, oh, everyone always makes fun of too. Uh, Midsummer. Wow, this is you're just gonna have to edit this right out. I know you won't edit it, but <laughs> that's okay. It's not Connie. It was another. No, caster. no, it's not the, Connie. The other. Um, the one that also goes for Scrix and yeah, for Zignar. Yeah. Yeah, he gets a lot of uh, heat too. Why can't I think of his name right now? Anyway, uh, that's probably why I see that just speaks to it too. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I have him there. And so, but again, I've wanted to build a list with him and I kind of start it and then I just, I just can't do it. Like I just look and I go, hey, look at this guy over here. He runs it so much better. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I actually experience that right now because I'm, I'm limited to playing Zakar only. And everyone tells me that he's just a, a weaker version of Morgul 2, and I should just jump into Morgul 2 next. And and, and I, I understand that. I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, but I have my own limitations on, on how I'm developing and getting into the game. 
Right. And some of them can just feel better than others, too, if they have a certain spell that you really like. Um, and again, that, yeah, that broader scope of just, you know, play what's kind of fun, even though there might be one that optimizes it slightly better. But yeah. your play style might be a little bit different. Like when I was playing Trenchers, you know, I was charging up and, and one of the guys I was playing was like, you know, you play like this, you'd probably be better in Trolls. Like Trolls will do this probably better. Um, and that's yeah. one reason that kind of helped me get that direction too is my play style was was almost impacting to what faction and so forth I should yeah. play like yeah well and you can only get there by having experience right yeah yeah by the way his name is Sturgis yeah there you go Sturgefest yeah. even they had yeah, that that's came a, back, so. yeah well uh, I want to sort of wind this conversation down there's one topic that I is kind of near and dear to my heart and we call it uh, faction ADD. And, and I think it could, be, it could be game ADD in the sense that people bounce back and forth between games, um, but, then, but, then we, uh, but also faction ADD where people bounce back and forth between factions, you know, and so, um, you know, uh, and it sort of has, I think it has a negative um, um, vibe in the community, like people who kind of do that. Um, seem to be looked down upon by by some folks, and um, and 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 I kind of want to dispel some of the some of that negative thoughts, you know, because ultimately we're playing games, and and I think um, and I think every one of us is entitled to having fun on our own terms, you know what I mean? Um, but there's some but there's some real limitations to bouncing back and forth between things, isn't there? Oh, definitely. I mean, it can be. From rule sets to cost to just perception to you know space. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah the real material logistics, yeah. right? Yeah, I was reading. Um, I was reading. I uh, was watching some uh, videos on YouTube, and, and 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 every once in a while I'll scroll down and I'll read um, what the trolls say. You know, yeah. as they're as they're commenting on it, and and someone wrote uh, someone wrote this, and 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 I want us to interact with this quote real quick. The quote is. Um, my bad habit is not being able to stick to a single army long enough to get more than two units painted. And so obviously there's, there's a lot wrapped up in that, um, in that confession. Um, let's interact with that a little bit. What thoughts do you have on that? Yeah, um, either yeah, someone really likes jumping around, which could just be learning stuff or not finding a place, or two, maybe they just really don't like painting. But, <laughs> I mean, two units of something could, could be... Uh, could be fairly intensive to it right but you know i i (laughs) joke a little bit there but um yeah that's kind of a tough one where you know some people can feel that way and some people feel absolutely opposite like we've mentioned before we know some that are just purists in a faction practically they kind of maybe tried one or two here there but they just ride one faction really most of the time um Whereas me, I'm a little bit different. I'm I'm trying to set myself a goal of you know playing certain faction for you know at least solidly one one length of time, um, and and I like painting them. So that's part of my opposite problem is I do more units of painting than sometimes they'll see the table worth of time yeah. put into them. They'll see more time on the paint table than on the game table. But they'll but, be ready for you when it's time. Exactly when I go back around to them because yeah. you know I'm I'm skipping around. So, yeah, yeah. With that one, I mean, I, I, think, I, I get well, where it's coming from. Yeah, and and I don't think this, and I and I think the sentiment there isn't necessarily focused on on the painting. Yeah, I think the sentiment has to deal with 
um, with the the shiny, right? You know, squirrel, yeah. you know, kind of thing, kind of thing. And and all of us um, experience that on some level, you know, in, in the hobby, and and to some of us to a greater degree. And I don't want to shame folks who bounce back and forth. I mean, I'm I think I'm I'm a terrible person because because I want to play all the games, just bar none. I just want to play all the games. And so, and so in, in my process of playing all the games, I realized that I can never actually go very deep in, in very, in, on a lot of them because I'm getting a, a cursory experience, you know? So, you know, like we did, uh, you know, the Open the Box episode one was on Seven Wonders because I played a million games of Seven Wonders. You know, it's one of the few games I've played a lot of, right? And so I can, I can talk about it, you know, but, um, uh, you know, but I, you know, I've only played a handful of, you know, X Y Z game, you know, whatever game that's out there, and so, um, and so for me, I think, I think I want, I want everyone to recognize that they can have fun on their own terms, um, but also when when they're going through the process of deciding what to play, you know, think about, you know, who they're playing with, think about the costs associated with it, and and, and getting into the game, think about the shelf space you have for that game alongside of all the other games that you wouldn't be playing when you're playing this new game. You know what I mean? And same thing with armies, right? I think one of the greatest things I did during Christmas break was, uh, was actually organizing my shelf and, and organizing my little, my little closet shelf. And uh, one, I had to organize all this podcast equipment that I have. Um, but the other side of it was all the miniatures that I have. And um, and, the, and the different games, and then in getting them into a position where mentally I could see them, and mentally go, okay, I'm going to play this soon, have it readily available rather than deep in the back darkness somewhere. Like I have a, a small Legion force, you know, um, I'm nowhere near playing Legion, and so uh, they're in a box in the garage, and it's a great place for them, um, unless I want to trade or sell them um, to get other. Scorn models, which I probably do because I have some lists that I want to play, and so, <laughs> um, so, uh, so those are those are things that you know those are things that, that every player th- kind of thinks about. Yeah. Right. So, um, one more idea, and then we'll wrap up. When you're ha- when you're having a conversation with a new player, um, how do you encourage them which game to get into, and you know, and why, you know. Uh, Ever, ever had those conversations? Yeah, and I think that harkens back to the overarching conversation of, you know, will you have time to play it? Who will you play it with? Um, a lot of questions, again, I always ask myself when getting something. is like, okay, can I afford this? Am I going to use it? And do I have the space for it type of thing, yeah. right? Do I want it? And if the answer is yes to a lot of those, then, yeah, go ahead, pick it up. You know, uh, most yeah. games, if you enjoy it well enough, you'll probably find some friends to eventually play it. Um, yeah. You know. And some of us are naturally good at community, at building community around right. us, right? Yeah. I don't know when when I bought the starter box, the battle box for for War Machine. Um, my very first question I asked Ron is, "If I buy this, will you play it with me?" And he said yes, and he's held through to his promise. Yeah, there so, you go. Yeah. And yeah, I was gonna say that's just kind of yeah. My my general is you got him to there, and if they want to go to War Machine, then the whole faction talk is another thing. Like we kind of right. covered, you know what's. What's right. your flavor? What's your play style? Do you like being the good guy, the bad guy? Do you like, you know, melee? Do you like distance? Do you, you know, what's, right. what do you like? Right. Yeah. 
I'm co- sort of going down that road right now with Jesse uh, talking about historicals. Mm-hmm. So I've got some 15 millimeter um, Byzantiums that I that I picked up, and um, and depending on which rule set I use, um, will depend on I guess what kind of base I put them on and things like that. And and it's kind of fun to explore those questions um, because I think that's the I think that's sort of like the epitome of miniatures when when you are your own creator, you know, and and then be able to say I made this force and I'm going to use this force and I can use it in this rule set or that rule set or whatever. So um, that's great. I think that's a good good discussion. It's yeah. good, um, you know, uh, sort of, um, you know, just to kind of one just to share with our listeners kind of where we are at um, in the game. Both of us experienced a huge explosion last year and uh, and in 2018. And, and it feels like in 2019, both you and I are, are willing to focus a little bit more on, on a few things. And, and maybe by in the focus, uh, we will get better at those things and have a deeper understanding of those things. Indeed. So uh, we, have, we have several events coming up. Um, uh, we're, we live in a, in a great area. We have an exciting meta. And everyone um, does a really good job of 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 just of participating, and so uh, one the first th- first thing to talk about is we have our 2019 Masters League. It begins today. Yep. Dan, did you submit your list? Yes, I did. Excellent. Yeah, uh, Ozzy and I have a benefactor. Uh, thank you to Perry for helping us out. So we're in, we're in the Masters League, and um, and so I submitted our list yesterday. Hopefully, I did it correctly. <laughs> I'm sure Ben will let us know. Right. Um, Next Level Gaming is having their next steamroller on Saturday, January 26th, and uh, that's down in Salem, Oregon. It's the new store, and and uh, you can uh, find the registration on the Cog Collective events page. Um, uh, next month in Bend on February 9th is the three-man team tournament, and so... Uh, I don't think I'll be able to participate in that. I haven't really found a team and don't know if I really have the whole day. Um, but I may make the trip and, and maybe bring the podcasting equipment and maybe do a little short episode um, at that event. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, this, these are ideas I'm rolling around <laughs> in my head and I'm speaking them out loud. Yeah, now they're out there. So, so uh, yeah. there's a couple of uh, listeners that will try to hold you to it. Yeah. Um, uh, meanwhile, Portland Game Store is going to have their next steamroller on... Um, uh, I think Sunday, uh, February sixteenth, and then uh, and the big event, the big woohoo! Like everyone, pay attention to this, is uh, the PDX Open, uh, the first weekend in March, March second. Yeah, and this is going to be a War Machine weekend qualifier. That's right. Uh, it's a it's a wild card event, right? Yes. And so this will uh, so if you go there and you perform well, you might find yourself in St. Louis in October. Uh, is that where is that War Machine Weekend is? Sure. Uh, yeah, good question. <laughs> uh, it's on the bucket list. Uh, I can't speak from experience, can I? Um, but yeah, it's going to be at the Heathman Hotel uh, downtown Portland. It's going to start early. Registration is going to be at eight and dice at nine because they're going to try to get it all in one day. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, you um, have to register for this event at Event B. And so don't go to the COG Collective because uh, it won't have, uh, it's not posted there currently. 
um, but event B, E, like a, like the little bzz, yeah. insect B, um, all one word dot com. And uh, I think you'll be able to search just War Machine um, Invitational or PDX Open probably is what you want to yeah. search for and you'll be able to find it. I know there's a there's a Facebook posting somewhere oh, we'll have good. to try to get up on our, on our Spellstorm yeah. Miniatures uh, Facebook page. Okay. But, um, we can someone, share it there. Yeah, someone yeah. edited uh, Cray writing on top of the organ sign, you know, or usually yeah. there's something else writing there. You know, the nice. But nice. Yeah, so those are that's it's a big event. It's gonna be sixty four player, and so hopefully, um, hopefully we'll have a lot of registrants, and I hope that I hope that event is just just big. Um, there are two more events that are sort of TBD. Um, one of them is the Winter Rampage at uh, Runenboard. Yep. There's some conversation about that and whether or not the that that it has not been revealed. And then the another event is our own King of Coins event, um, and so we're we are making a lot of progress on that. Yep. And looking forward to uh, getting that. I think I think we'll be able to slide in our opening rounds um, in between the Masters and the Open, and then we'll have our um, our eight man finals probably after that. Probably. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm thinking. Um, yeah. We'll work that before the next podcast. We should have all that dialed in and and ready to be announced. Yeah, looking forward to that. So uh, last things, I guess we have our our hobby desk. And uh, Dan, what are you working on? Well, I've got a few things. I finished up my uh, my brigands along with the brigand warlord. Um, actually, feel really good about my pace that I painted those guys at. Um, although then I step away from the table and it's just like a lot of brown. I realize, huh? I used like five shades of brown. But hey, <laughs> you know, as my mom told me when I was growing up, brown goes with everything. There you go. Yeah. So. Um, and then uh, next up, I think I got to get my my dire troll bomber painted. Nice. That's kind of my goal. Nice. Uh, I've uh, been very active in the organizational part of side of things, and then uh, and then I have been building. I'm in the building phase, and so I'm really excited about that. Um, put together a cannoneer and a and a sentry and um, bronze bag and, and everything, and so um, and uh, and I have put some paint on um, a few models, um, but they're they're definitely a work in progress at the moment. So. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm just really excited to be able to have models to put on the table. So really, really proud of that. Um, hey, I thought today was a good episode. Yeah, maybe a little bit longer than some of our our normal ones, but a good conversation piece. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think having that having that uh, just yeah just a friendly conversation about what to play. There's so many games out there to play. Um, our whole vision here is just to encourage people to play more games. Uh, I think that includes um, the number of games, but then also um, types of games too. And uh, it could be fun for everyone. So uh, thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening to Spellstorm Miniatures, where we just want to inspire you to play more games. Thank you.
Bye.